0: Welcome to another thrill-packed edition of Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. My name is Greg Britton with the Redlands Tea Party Patriots, and I'm joined in studio by the very dapper, wearing a tie, wearing a coat, uh, Don Dix. It's been a busy day.
1: Yeah. Been a busy day. It's great to be with you, Greg. And what a primary season that is unfolding in California. We've got everything from issues on the March ballot that nobody understands. We'll talk a little bit about Proposition 13 later on in the show, something that every person in the sound of our voice not only needs to understand, but this is an issue you can take over to your neighbors. There's plenty of articles. John Kupal of the Howard Jarvis Taxpayers Association has written lots of op-eds. You can find those everywhere on the Internet. Print those out, take those to your neighbors, because turnout is always an issue in primaries. And I'll tell you what, this is an issue that should drive turnout among conservatives to say no on Proposition 13. But beyond that, mixed up in all of that stuff is we got a president uh, to vote for. We've got down races to vote for Congressional Senate. Uh, assembly, and
0: then you know there's stuff going on on the local level. Absolutely, but there are some races that are going to go through to November. For example, our friend Agnes Gibney, she and Pete Aguilar are the only two candidates on the ballot. That's right, and that congressional district, so that's going to go on to November, regardless of what happens in March. But there are some races where the March primary coming on March three is crucial. Uh, we talked to Tim Donnelly last week, and that's one of them. But also, uh, we're going to talk about today, we have Andrew Kotyuk on the line. He's running for assembly in the 42nd District, which is kind of out Beaumont-Banning, out towards Palm Springs area, and maybe down, and then down into the San jacinto Hemet area. You always have to look exactly where the boundaries have been drawn and, and gerrymandered. And this one's particularly important because the incumbent... Chad Mays and um, Dan, you can add some booze to the soundtrack here if, if you want <laughs> is, 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 is a former Republican and he 's running as a no party preference and uh, we'll get to the story of how that how exactly that happened and how nefarious and underhanded Chad Mays was even in that, but his Republican opponent, Andrew Kotyuk is on the line, and he ran against Chad Mays in 2018 and due to Mays's establishment money, uh, didn't get through to the second round, but now he's running as a Republican versus Chad Mays as a no-party preference in this first round. So we have Andrew Kotyak on the phone, and welcome to the show.
2: Thank you, gentlemen, and all the listeners. It's definitely a pleasure to be here. Thank you.
0: I take particularly interest in this one because Chad Mays led the effort to help pass the cap-and-trade tax in before... I forget exactly what year it was, but this will go into effect after beginning in 2020 and thereafter, and it's going to raise gas prices by 73 cents a gallon or more and all other energy prices. And he led himself and six other Republicans to provide the votes necessary to pass this ca- tax increase on a two-thirds basis in the legislature and... Not only was it a bad policy, bad raising taxes, but it was also he let potentially vulnerable uh, Democrats either vote no or not vote at all to make them more politically secure. It doesn't get any worse than that. And ever since then, we in the party patriots have done everything we can to try to get him out of office. And that continues into this race. And we're doing what we can to help you, Andrew, get elected in this first round.
2: Wonderful. No, thank you. Uh, You know, uh, we definitely had this fight uh, back in 2018, and many of us read the tea leaves back then. Uh, The state and Republicans revolted till he was removed from leadership after he led many other Republicans uh, to vote as the leader of the assembly and uh, acted like uh, this was just any other day up in Sacramento and that we should uh, believe that this is all in our best interest to do so. Uh, Thankfully, uh, we did not, and we were able to remove him. But uh, there was that uh, position with the party and many of, hey, we're better off just to let him stay and keep his seat versus removing him at that time. Until, of course, as you stated, uh, this time around, he decided to take, the endorsement of the party, and to take all the money he's raised on the back of Republicans, you know, over $300,000, which I would think is fraudulent, but to take that money and uh, change parties last minute, hoping that there would not be a Republican in this race.
0: Let's dive into that. So the filing deadline for this election was December six. So on December right. five having already sought and obtained the Republican Party endorsement, which they shouldn't have given to the guy, but they gave it to him, county as well as the state. He switches party, and he files as a no-party preference candidate, hoping, it, because it was so at the last minute, the Republicans would not be able to find a candidate and get the, file the papers and get the necessary signatures by the deadline on December sixth. Unfortunately, you were able to do so, Andrew. But I mean, that's just one can say. As if you're a matter of principle, I'm leaving the party. Uh, I believe we should move in a liberal direction, and you can have that debate. But to do it in such a sneaky, underhanded, dirty fashion says speaks to what kind of a man Chad Mays is. Well,
2: a hundred percent, and. Yeah, you know, I'm ashamed to say that uh, I helped him, you know, be in office in 2014 when he uh, was elected as a son of a pastor and city council member up in Yucca Valley. And to see the lies that he uh, uh, states today and, uh, you know, how he misleads the voters, you know, is just shameful. Just, uh, yeah, beyond words in my my
1: eyes. So a little context here, because I, too, was introduced to him when he first started running. Uh, He seemed to stand on a platform of very uh, conservative positions. Uh, I was you know uh son you mentioned son of a pastor uh how how well are we really able to get to know anybody in the course of a couple of weeks and months because they're out campaigning of course they're going to they're going to put on and this applies to you as well as to every candidate they're going to put their best foot forward it's all going to be you know bright shiny Uh, A bright, shiny toy for the Republican establishment, for the uh, grassroots. You're going to look the best you can. But time has a way of revealing true character. And so Chad Mays gets elected uh, based on this conservative platform, being the son of a pastor, uh, you know, going ticking off all the boxes. And then he gets up to Sacramento and he discovers power and you know, that thus begins the transition of an individual who comes from what I'll call, you know, a small town, although I don't mean to disparage these communities. But compared to Sacramento and L.A., it's sort of small town ish. And he gets up there, discovers power, discovers the, the levers of power and begins to get what I would say is corrupted because it's not just about policy. This particular individual decides that the marriage that he was in he throws that to the curb and ends up getting into a relationship with someone else up there uh his fellow member of the assembly right and so and 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 you know rather than you know you would think the son of a pastor would you know pay certain homage to you know marital vows and to the relationships that he has, he tosses that relationship to the side in you know in deference to whatever it was that transpired up there and begins to find out that there are things that can be done up in Sacramento that you know and and people to court the third house if you will i 'm looking through his campaign contributions and i 'm seeing you know, this, when I say the third house, I'm speaking about, you know, you have the first house, which is the Senate, the second house, which is the assembly, and the third house are all of the moneyed interests, the lobbyists, the organizations that are in Sacramento that really dictate what happens, the unions. And he begins to find that happy hunting ground. And the next thing you know, he gets, uh, as you've already said, Greg. He gets other Republicans to step away from closely held uh, positions to vote for an expansion of cap and trade. Say, and this is Mark steinorth as well saying, well, it would have been worse. Well, you know what? Let the Democrats choke because there's nothing you can do to stop them. So let them choke on the fullness of their desire to take California down this dark and dangerous road and let them choke on it because eventually they will. It would happen faster But no, he comes back and says, well, I did a good thing because it's not as bad as it would have been. You know what? I'm in the camp that says, let it be as bad as it can be, because sooner or later, these policies will choke California
0: and we'll be here to pick up the pieces. So, well, well I'm say, I wouldn't I wouldn't go there that we that we want that we want bad things to happen, but I would say it's, but they're yes. going to happen. OK, but, that's but, the point. Okay. We can't control it. Let it happen as fast as possible. But, we're, but, but we should. But our side should not be complicit. Well, exactly in this. So yep. if, they, if they're going to do it, they're going to do it. Yes. And we're going to say no. And this is a bad policy. It's going to have these bad effects. Uh, so then down the road, yeah. And yeah, the gift we, that we he gave you. them
1: was that this was a bipartisan right.
0: approval of cap and trade. Is, is, to, is The headline is to take to away complicit. from it is, is not good for the Republican Party. It's to be complicit in their bad policies, and most of the Republicans did not. Although, and maybe we should bring Andrew back into this conversation here at some point. <laughs> yeah, Are you still on the line, Andrew? <laughs> yeah, um, is, well, We're making Andrew's case. Yes, yep. Yeah. Is that uh, the Republican party should stand for something, and and in large measure, I think the problems are is they don't st- they don't stand for anything. What I mean, you ask, what do they stand? What does the Republican party stand for? And yeah, good good question. Are they um, Democrat lights, or are they going to offer a bold what I can call the the bold colors versus the pale pastels? Uh, in terms of operating an, op- an uh, alternative to the, to the Democrats. And we have some stuff about Chad Mays, and we can go on about Chad Mays for quite a while. We're going to play one of his especially deceitful commercials here in a little bit. But um, I'm watching the clock. Let's take a break here, and then we're going to come back. We'll, we'll play the commercial, and we're going to let Andrew make his positive case. Why not? Just, I'm not Chad Mays, but why Andrew Kotyuk is a better choice after this word from Ed Hoffman of Summit Funding, the place to go for your real estate lending needs both residential and commercial. Back after this.
4: This is Assemblywoman Melissa Melendez urging you to tune in to Unite IE Radio every Saturday afternoon at 4 p.m. on AM 590 The Answer. Welcome
1: back to the Unite Inland Empire radio show, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. You, our listeners, have the political power. Even according to the California state constitution, it says all political power is inherent in the people. But then you get around to diagnosing or dissecting what's the definition of a people, and you find out that... They've had their way with that word, too. But essentially, you folks have the political power. We rent it, if you will, to the folks that represent us right now. We have on the phone with us Andrew Kotyak, who is a candidate for an assembly district that is in question right now. And we have a commercial that is being uh, aired by the incumbent for that position, Chad Mays. And we want to hear it right now, and then we're going to dissect that a little bit. So here's a commercial that Chad Mays is airing right now uh, to boost his candidacy. And let's see if our listeners feel it's as duplicitous as we feel it is. The progressive agenda is clear. Defeat conservatives. Now they're trying to defeat our conservative Assemblyman Chad Mays. They're furious Mays was the original no vote against Jerry Brown's gas tax. They know as Republican leader Mays ensured every Republican voted no. It's true. Mays cut taxes, eliminated regulations, and paid down debt, and they don't like it. And they know conservatives have trusted Chad for years. Assemblyman Chad Mays, our Assemblyman.
0: I saw that on TV. And I, went, oh, wow. I, went, I went through the roof. Andrew, why, why don't you take the first shot at just how, how many ways that's a deceitful, deceptive commercial?
2: Oh, uh, yeah, let, let me count the ways, right? Uh, so, one, he supported the largest uh, tax increase California has seen in a long time with the cap-and-trade uh, vote. Um, he's currently uh, tried to pass a job-killer bill. Last year, AB 1035, which the Cal Chamber listed him as a job killer, interestingly enough. And then AB 392, uh, he uh, opposed, um, which, you know, was a position to limit the use of force of public safety out there. Uh, So, you know, no matter which way you turn, this guy is not a conservative. Um, You know, just recently we heard from uh, the medical industry where he's supporting a position to unionize, you know, the medical industry as well. And so this guy, he has made no qualms with telling everybody I'm anti-Trump. The Republican Party is no longer the Republican Party. I want to create my own party, right? We all remember that, you know. And then I'm going to drag along Republicans and lead them uh, to follow me to do all these actions that are anti-conservative out there. but. I'm also going to prove to everybody that I can leave the party, act like I'm a conservative, and lie to all the voters out there, and they'll believe me. And if I do that, you can follow me, and we can really kill the Republican Party.
0: And another thing that struck me in that one was, as Assembly Republican leader— so he does not even identify himself he's, he's trying to make people think he is he's trying to make republicans in the district think he is still a republican because well we all know he left the party most of the folks most of the people out there are going about their lives and are not as as, as attuned to politics as we are he's trying to make them think he is still a republican when he, when he, uh-huh. he 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 left the party in, in in reality a long time ago but in officially he left in December. Then, as you said, he's t- he's trying to do this new way, California, and his ins- express intent is to move the party away from conservatism and towards a more liberal direction. And now he's try- And now he's going the exact opposite. Again, if you want to be honest. We need to- the party should go in a more liberal direction. He wants to call it moderate. He probably would use that term, but move it to the left from where it has been. We want to have that discussion we can have that discussion but what really galls me is when he's that dishonest about it
2: oh 100% and uh, he's trying to paint the same picture and attack uh my name and my good history of accomplishments in the same fashion and you know i have hope i have hope in california uh, i had hope with uh trump was running for president And, uh, you know, look where we're at today, 100 percent different place nationally in California can be in the same place. And, you know, what I what I like and I I chuckle about is uh, last weekend there was an article written in the Desert Sun uh, talking about his water bill that he was carrying. uh, uh, Imperial Valley Water District, he was adding Riverside County board seats to it and he had to pull it because of his lack of support from both parties. You know, uh, neither party is going to caucus with this guy. Uh, he has no juice, even with signing and supporting Jerry Brown on this largest tax increase. You know, he still can't get anything done in Sacramento. So, you know, as we say, he's alone on an island right now.
1: It's interesting in that ad. The other thing I picked up is, is he says he vote, voted against the gas tax. As as far as I know, that gas tax passed. So I don't know how he can claim that he voted against the gas tax. I heard that in the ad. Led the fight against Jerry. Board? Led the fight against Jerry Brown's gas tax. I don't know how much money he gave to Carl DeMaio's uh, attempt to get a proposition on the ballot to actually fight the gas tax, but that would have been a good place to have uh, let some of his campaign money uh, see the light of day. You know, you've got you've got this war chest. Uh, help us to really defeat the gas tax and vote. You know, the prop vote yes on Prop Six. I don't. I think he was a
0: wall in that fight. I don't recall him anywhere near the, the Proposition 6 nope. battle. So, so much for leading the, the fight against the gas tax. Chad Mays is pro-amnesty. He's pro-the global warming scam. And another particularly galling is he sent out a tweet that said, quote, this book needs to be written. Trump or Jesus? How Evangelicals Have Lost Their Minds and Their Mission. So what he's saying is that Christians need to choose between Donald Trump or Jesus, I mean that might that's that's pure religious leftist. That's pure what the Democrats would say, and that's where, and that's and that's where, that's Chad May's your quote trusted conservative unquote. Meanwhile, Trump is organizing one of the biggest
1: evangelical resurgences that this country has seen in modern political history. Donald Trump has done something no other president has done. He's organizing the event, the the resurgence of the evangelical community. Into the political realm, where I I think you could argue, guys, that Chad may that not Chad may that uh, that Donald Trump has done more to to reinvigorate the idea that pastors. Here's my original thought. I'm getting distracted by too many thoughts converging in the freeway of my mind you could argue that the that the dna of nearly every issue in our culture is rooted in the churches stepping away from the public sphere and and taking faith-based values out of the public square Donald Trump is doing more to to bring that evangelical community back into the public square, make biblical-based values and faith-based values relevant again. And apparently, Chad Mays hasn't studied his Old Testament enough to realize that nearly every figure in the Old Testament, God, I mean, every big figure, God brought forward despite all of their moral failings and used that individual to advance his kingdom on earth. So God can use broken individuals in very productive ways. So Chad needs to, to brush up on his Old Testament history a little bit.
0: Chad could also brush up on the Ten Commandments.
1: <laughs> That's right. <laughs> very good. Which is part of, the, yes, the Bible, the Old World Testament, the Old Testament.
0: Andrew, we got we have about two minutes here, and you know, maybe we, we're happy to hold you over for, the, for another segment after the, after the bottom of the hour. But in two minutes, tell us why you're running.
2: I'm running because, well, one, I want to beat Chad, you know, finally and remove him from his position of misrepresenting our district and misrepresenting the conservative voice and the state of California. But more than that, I'm running because California is broken and I have been able to uh, lead in several instances where it seems impossible to get something done. Um, across the aisle or through a Democrat-led environment, and I was able to accomplish that. I don't need a job, my companies are doing well, I'm blessed with a supportive family and a supportive business environment where I can take my energy and give it 150% attempt to push California in the right direction. And I'm willing to do that. And what's great is I have the proof that I've done it in several instances before. So I haven't given up hope, and I do believe we, the pendulum has swung too far, and we have a brighter day ahead to make California golden today.
1: Well, that is all the time we have left for this half hour. We're going to continue on the Unite IE Radio Show with our guest, Andrew Kotyak after the break.
3: Hi, everyone. This is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding and host of the main event, Heard Weekends, right here on AM 590 The Answer. For those of you that are 62 or older and haven't taken the time to inquire into a reverse mortgage, here are some great reasons to consider one. Interest rates are low, which means more money available. So if you've inquired before and it didn't work, it may work today. Calling to find out more details is free. So call me at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. Or go to edhoffman.net.
4: Mention AM 590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. Car Star, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. AM 590, the answer.
1: Welcome back to the United Inland Empire Radio Show, the show for the most important political office, that of private citizen Uh, Of course, it is primary season, and we are talking to candidates all across the Inland Empire. And a very important race that's unfolding here in the Inland Empire is in an assembly district where the current occupant of that assembly district has decided to abandon the Republican Party, change to a no party preference. Uh, Apparently, this is in keeping with the way that he runs his life because he abandoned his marriage. He's abandoned his principles. He's abandoned his conservative platform. So why not abandon the Republican Party uh, while you're at it? Just throw it all out, you know, and but he's received. It's interesting because he's receiving uh, commendations for doing that from some interesting circles. Maybe we'll get around to uh, to that. But we have on the phone right now uh, someone who in the last hour, Chad Mays, as Greg described at the top of our show, Chad Mays decided on December 5th. The day before the filing deadline on December 6th. Right. That he was going to change parties. Now, strategically. Yes. If you're going to do this and you want to be duplicitous and not uh, disclose this to your constituents after having sought and obtained the endorsement of the Republican Party. Then on December 5th, you do this. Now, strategically, if you wanted to do this and make sure you really shut the door on anybody else coming in, you would do this on December 6th. But no, for some reason or other, he decides December 5th, the day before closing, that he's going to change parties that caught that that did not go undetected and andrew kotyak with the help of a number of individuals was able to gather the necessary signatures and pull together the funds necessary to file did so on december 6th and now he is your republican candidate for this assembly district So, Andrew, um, I want to get to – I want to make sure we don't forget to talk about Prop 13 in the last half hour because I think this is something that every Republican in the Inland Empire needs to communicate to every other Republican that might decide to sit out the primary. Um, But tell us a little bit about what some of the issues are that are uh, plaguing the – district that you're running in, and how do you intend on addressing those?
2: So, you know, the number one uh, issue is what we all are very aware of, and we're labeled the weapon that our president's fighting, and that's the sky-high uh, homelessness that California has. That's uh, just the the largest issue that we're seeing across, and What's tied to it is the second issue, which is the Sanctuary City AB 109 issue that we're facing. And, uh, you know, as a part of that is the unaffordability of California or the people leave California and, of course, Prop 13. So it's interesting that all five of these are intertwined together because as you make California unaffordable, uh, obviously – Prop 13 is a part of that. People want to move out. And there is a faction of uh, the homelessness that can't afford, right? Our low to middle income uh, veterans and seniors out there that can't afford to live in California. And, you know, one of those solutions that we have is, you know, obviously, why aren't we keeping our felons in prison? Why aren't we exporting our uh, illegal criminals that are here, and the AB 109, of course, the sanctuary cities protect that on that side. So, to me, I find it very interesting that this state-caused problem that we're in, uh, it, you know, is very reflective of how the Republican Party won uh, in the presidential election of 2016, and that was to have the Republicans really focus on uh, our own, taking care of our own. Instead of taking care of other issues like transsexual bathrooms back then, and here in California, it's the illegals, right? The sanctuary cities that they're so focused on and helping, and in honesty, that's a part of the reason why we have such a big issue in California that we're dealing with across all those five items.
1: It's funny you should mention bathrooms. You have— liberals who are saying that men are dangerous right they we have this toxic masculinity uh inside of us and so uh, you've got the uh uh liberals that are saying we're dangerous rapists we have toxic masculinity these are the same people that want to let men into the women's bathroom so there's there's a complete hypocrisy in their in their positions it's fine to say that men i mean if you want to make this argument men have toxic masculinity that were dangerous rapists but then at the same time you want to let men into because because just because a man decides he's going to dress in women's clothes doesn't mean that he's discarded his toxic masculinity because according to them
0: it's embedded in his dna well, but see, but no, 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 no. But see, they—you can change your gender. So once, so once you—gender is purely a social construct. So you, you can be—you can be a dangerous, toxic, masculine rapist one day, and you change your gender, and you're—and you're a woman the next day, and you've lost that.
1: And you know what's in keeping with that? This is funny because there's actually—and I forget what state this is in—they're actually looking at releasing felon rapists. Early, if they transition that. into women, so you transition into a woman, and guess what? You're no longer eligible to be held on your original conviction of rape. This is cr- this is crazy world. But at any rate, we digress. It's easy to do because there's so much territory. Um, we appreciate the fact that you've stood up and uh, uh, are are willing to run again to to court this seat to go after. What are you hearing? As your folks knock on doors, the retail uh, politic, the retail side of of uh, running for political office is that, uh, is that door-knocking effort, it's picking up the phone. What are you hearing from constituents in your area about the important issues, and are they even aware that Chad Mays is, has changed part- parties?
2: You know, what I'm seeing and hearing is actually so many women, and I want to focus on on that, uh, fired up and leading a fight today. Uh, it's 180 degrees different from 2018 to me. Uh, for instance, I was just in Beaumont at uh, Four Seasons there, and in 2018 there was not a Republican organization. This year, fast forward two years, There is, and there's 150 membership that's there. Uh, And and this goes across the district that I'm seeing. I mean, the the organizations are alive, active, and, uh, you know, several times larger than they were uh, two years ago. And whether it's impeachment or whether it's the tax on our president or Prop 13, uh, the Republican Party and the activists and uh, people out there fighting and talking from the conservative voice I am so energized and impressed with that uh, they are standing up and they are fighting. And maybe that's just in in my district uh, because, you know, we are somewhat conservative, but uh, to me, you know, the the tides are turning and whether it happens this election cycle or the next one, uh, to me, the conservative voice is fighting back and they do have hope and, you know, it is the right time for us to be, spreading the word whether it's in schools or organizations or our churches uh you know and our young people to bring them into the fold to be a part of this fight so i'm hearing that yeah people do believe we have a choice and they are expending the energy and the dollars to be out there uh and i think my campaign is a a part of that you know it's a reflection of that
0: one of the uh i'm looking at your uh it's your Twitter feed, and by the way, we, should give, we give everybody your contact information. You're on Twitter, um, at AF squared, I'm trying to read this without my glasses, H-I-M. At A F K squared H I M. There's probably some meaning behind that, uh, but you had you had a you had a, you, had a you, you you tweeted an article with the amazing headline: "Thefts Rise After California Reduces Criminal Penalties." Report says, "Who would have thunk that?"
2: Yeah, 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 exactly. And, and just like A B one o nine, are forcing the state prisons down upon the counties. Uh, These are the things that, you know, we have to fight and we have to win back in California. Um, And this is what enrages me and says, hey, instead of moving, uh, I'm willing to go to Sacramento and fight the fight and turn our districts back. In fact, I think, what are we, five away from a supermajority winning back five districts? I mean, that's a reachable number to me.
0: It could be. Now then there's a... Now, with the ballot harvesting and the vote fraud and the Democrat money that they have behind them it's it's certainly an uphill an uphill challenge and while we're giving everybody your information, you people can find your website kotyuk for assembly that's k o t y u k for the word for assembly dot com or they can find you on facebook, Andrew Kotyuk Republican for assembly, and the uh, twitter. Name Twitter handle that we just that we just gave you, so those are ways that p- people can connect with you. One of the things that and maybe have it's puzzled me over the years and you maybe take a shot at answering it is you look at how it was happening in California that streets are turned into open sewers. crime is rising in fact our just today as we're recording our engineer's son's car was stolen. So we reduce penalties, put more criminals back out on the street, and lo and behold, guess what? You have more crime. You have the homeless, as you as you mentioned, and basically, uh, the, the the state is the government authorities to say we're just not going to enforce laws against these people. We're not going to enforce laws against illegal immigration, and the schools sixty percent increase since 2011 in spending, no b- benefit there. We have the highest gas taxes in the country. Nearly the worst roads in the country, and you can go on and on and on about how much we're spending, how little we're getting. And the people who are most hurt by high by exodus of business and middle class jobs and by high housing prices and high energy prices and high gas prices, those people are still the Democrats' most loyal voters. People who are they hurt the most are their most loyal voters, and the Republican Party has been unable to for years to crack that. How do we do that? No,
2: you're, well, you know, first and foremost, I you know, follow the lead of, of our president. I think bringing in the uh, a Christian-based faith back into the fold of who we are is a tremendous part of that. Um, the same thing is with, with our young people. You know, I remember taking my uh, young daughters to the California Republican Convention and being turned away as a delegate because my children were with me and they were not a delegate and were not allowed to go into the room. And I had to run up the chain uh, and complain about this in order for them to be entered in. But, you know, I was a father that said, hey, you know, my young children need to be a part of this. And they need to grow up with those values and seeing uh, how to be active and a part of that. And they've carried that through high school and now off into college. And, you know, they are able to argue and fight back against the liberal movement and education and, and academics that we see. Uh, you know, we're, we're, we're fighting on every level. And then the same thing with the minorities. I mean, you see what the president's done to fight and advocate and bring them into the fold and on stage, uh, we need to do more of that, right? We need to advocate for them. We need to uh, be present and, and bring them into the public light of what we're fighting for. So, uh, you know, I don't think we have to recreate the wheel. I think he's written the argument and the path for us on how to do that. We just need to follow his leadership.
1: We've got to take a break right now. We want to come back and talk to you about Proposition 13. It's going to be on the March ballot. Get your thoughts on it. Inform our listeners about it and give them some ideas about how they can help turn out voters in their neighborhoods. We're going to continue the conversation with candidate for assembly,
0: Andrew Kotyak, after the break. After this word from All Star Collision, the place to take your car when you have an accident because they are truly the kings of wreck and roll.
4: mention am 590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or hundred dollars off your repairs Carstar, all-star collision the kings of wreck and roll 951-279-9161 am 590 the answer this is
1: senator mike Morrell asking you to tune in to unite ie radio every
0: saturday at four o'clock on AM five ninety, the answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office—that of the private citizen. My name is Greg Britton with Don Dix in studio today, and we have Assembly candidate Andrew Kotyuk from the forty-second district on the line with us. And we've been talking about his opponent, former Republican Chad Mays, and what and things that uh, Andrew wants to accomplish. We'll turn our attention now to a measure that's on the March ballot, Proposition 13. Not to be confused with the Proposition 13 that protects our property taxes from going through the roof when property values increase. But this is a bond measure, uh, $15 billion, which will be $27 billion by the time it's paid back with interest. And it's it's for the government-run schools. As uh, in addition to the 53.9 billion of education bonds since 1998, and where is all of that money gone to? Yeah, uh, Proposition 51, just a couple of years ago, yeah. was it was it
1: 2016? Gave them $9 billion, and now they're back to the trough trying to get another $15 billion plus interest. I want to share a little tidbit about this because it, the devil is in the details, and then I want to draw Andrew uh, Kotyak, a candidate for Assembly District 42, into the conversation. It's not bad enough that in a year of surpluses that the – Government in California is going after additional money that they could have spent from right now. It's right there available for them to spend in surpluses in our budget. But no, what do they do? They're going back to the voter to ask the voters to approve Proposition 13 on the March ballot. And as you said, not to be confused with the 1978 Proposition 13 should be a law, by the way, against, you know, duplicitous naming of ballots. But this ballot measure, uh, bond measure, is not only raising, uh, trying to raise $15 billion, another $12 billion in interest, going to cost our general fund $750 million a year in order to pay, as if that wasn't enough. And besides diverting general funds to pay it, it will actually raise your property taxes. Now, how's that going to happen? Well, there's a quirk in Prop 13 that says that if a school district wants access to this $15 billion that is going to be raised in this bond issue, they have to have matching funds. Well, for a school district that might be a little bit uh, on the poor side, they might not have that money in their treasury. They might not be able to write a check. So what do they do? They're going to float a measure, and these are called measures, a local bond measure, they're going to float a measure in order to raise a bond that is going to be passed and then passed on to uh, taxpayers in order to pay that back by an additional line item on your property taxes because that's how local school bond measures are paid back, through property taxes. So guess what? $15 billion has got to be matched by school districts if they want access to it. So they're going to have to do their low. They're going to have to do their own measures in order to do it. Well, our producer who lives in Europa, the Europa area, told us that lo and behold, guess what? Their Europa school district has something called Measure E that folks in Europa are going to have to vote on. People who live within the Riverside County Uh, I'm sorry, Riverside Community College District are going to get to vote on Measure A, which is another school bond measure that's going to show up on your property taxes. And this is all to get these matching funds. So, yes, while Proposition 13 is a bond measure to be paid back out of general funds, if school districts want any of that money, they've got to have matching funds. Those matching funds are going to have to be paid back through property taxes, so this is a little this is the story that you're not going to hear. You're going to hear it from John Kupal, the Howard Jarvis Taxpayers Association, which, by the way, Andrew, it's a good place to draw Andrew into the conversation. You've been endorsed by the Howard Jarvis Taxpayers Association.
2: I have. This is the second time I've been endorsed by them and actually will be uh, speaking at an event with uh, John Kupal this Friday coming up as well. Uh, but. Yeah, you know, this doesn't surprise me at all that the state is doing this. I mean, they are finding new ways to free up money in their general fund to spend on things that they want. And so, you know, by shifting away any expenses that they spend on the public school system, they are enticing the public to vote on this bond measure. So they're financing it, and they're also lifting the cap on how much the schools can also uh, go into debt you know, what percentage they can go to. It allows, it takes the feeling the off of how much they can go into debt or finance, um, you know, through a bond themselves. And it removes the responsibility off of them. Uh, and, you know, where is the current money that they have budgeted that's going to be replaced with this? Where is that going to go? Nobody's talking about that. But I think we all know where it's going to go, whether it's the illegals or uh, some other place.
0: Well, of course, what's underlying this is the trillion-dollar-plus unfunded pension liability for government employees. That that's that trying to backfill that, both in the, by the state and in, in locals, local city governments, county governments, school districts, trying to backfill that is taking away money that could otherwise go for repair, refurbishment, and improvement of, of facilities. So, yeah, they say, they don't put it on and say, well, we, we need – we need a tax increase or we need a, a bond for the pensions, but money's fungible. So the money that could have gone for those things is now going into pensions. And now they come back to the voters saying, well, we need, we need more money for schools. And historically, California voters go, oh, schools, I'm for that. And without looking at the details, such as the existing $454 billion of government debt in California, you're going to add to that and that doesn't and that 454 billion dollars does not count the unfunded pension liabilities so we you know it behooves all of us to read the fine print before we give the government more of our money. And it does, you know, I don't want anybody
1: that listens to us, or I think you need to be sure, folks, if you're in our listening audience, I, there are plenty of articles that you can copy out of uh, the Union Tribune. Uh, John Coppola has written articles that have appeared all across the uh, the universe of California Uh, media organizations that you can print off easy to read articles that you can share with your neighbors to tell them this year it's important this primary to vote vote no on this we're not saying we're not for schools we're not saying that we're not for uh the funding that is necessary in order to provide a good place for kids to go to school what we're saying is the money's already there it's being misspent right now California needs to sharpen its pencil and use the money better. I talked to school teachers uh, all across the Inland Empire and all of them say that the money that is being that is being allocated to schools is not making its way down to the classroom. It's being chewed up in administrative overhead. And the, as you mentioned this unfunded pension liability, the, the the prospect, the specter of this. The other the other twist of Proposition 13 on the March 3rd primary ballot is it raises the cap for how much school districts can borrow it doubles the cap right now school districts are limited to a certain percentage of the assessed property value in their districts proposition 13 doubles that cap so they can actually raise more money so it's you know all the way around it's giving if if the if the California voters don't finally like they did with the Measure Triple E in in Los Angeles Unified School District, the voters shot that down. These bills need fifty five percent of the voters. These measures need fifty five percent of the voters in order to pass. I think this is a straight majority. No, that's Proposition Thirteen. Senior. The measures okay. need fifty five percent. If the California, if the if the voters don't start telling the powers that be enough. You've got to figure out how to better use the resources you have to bring. I mean, what are we getting for our money? The the facilities have nothing to do with the fact that California schools are scraping the bottom 20 percent of school districts all across the the country. How come in the Golden State, the money that we're spending on schools isn't providing us with golden education for our students? Andrew, give you the last word in the in the last thirty seconds.
2: No, and I appreciate your point about education academics because that's not what we're saying at all. Uh, You know, I was a charter school board member for six years, and my sole focus was increasing the graduation rates, and that's what we should really be about. But uh, you know, this money is not going to translate into any of that, right? It's not going to translate into school of choice for the low income communities that are out there, and that's the fight that we really need to be. Taking and fighting for is that. But this Prop 13, uh, you're absolutely right. Somebody asked me, are you going to support this? You're going to support the schools? And I said, well, I'm a no on Prop 13. Um, I do support the schools. But when there's waste that we see where, you know, we're giving uh, millions and hundreds of millions of dollars to illegal uh, immigrant. Andrew, we, we are gonna, we
0: up against a hard break. We're going to have to leave it there. Thank you for running. Thank you for being on the show today. We wish you well. If you're out there and you're listening to us, vote for Andrew Kotyuk in the 42nd Assembly District. And tune in next week for another exciting edition of Unite IE Radio.
4: 951-279-9161 Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to 5 days or $100 off your repairs CarStar All-Star Collision The kings of wreck and roll
3: 951-279-9161 Hi everyone, this is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding and host of the main event, Heard Weekends right here on AM590 The Answer For those of you that are 62 or older and haven't taken the time to inquire into a reverse mortgage here are some great reasons to consider one 1. You don't have to make monthly mortgage payments unless you want to Interest rates are low, which means more money available, so if you've inquired before and it didn't work, it may work today. Calling to find out more details is free, so call me at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020, or go to edhoffman.net and click on the Summit Funding logo.
2: AM 590, the answer.